You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject I've got coming up for you, the one you've tuned in to hear, it's Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Kenny's an extraordinarily accomplished blues bass guitarist, and the reason for the conversation is to promote his ninth studio album called The Traveller, and it'll be out on May 31st, 2019. So let's have a listen to what he has to say. Here we go. <laughs> You know. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no. It's all relative, isn't <laughs> we it? We get nice weather here. Here he is. No worries. Hello. Hey there. Uh, thanks uh, Thanks for that. Kenny, it's Andrew McKay-Smith speaking. How are you going? I'm good. How are you? Good, mate. Good. This is a thrill for me because um, I've been playing guitar for about 25 years or so, and I remember when you first broke onto the scene, well, certainly down here in terms of when we could buy things. Remember magazines? Remember those things? And you were in a yeah. bunch of guitar <laughs> publications back yeah. in 1996, and I was always very curious about your career back then when you'd only had the one album out. But, mate, here you are. We're having a conversation on the eve of the ninth, your ninth album, The Traveller. So, mate, I mean, you've, you've had an extraordinary career to date. Yeah, thanks, man. It's... uh. I feel pretty good about it, you know, <clears throat> the fact that, you know, it's going on 30 years now and yeah. uh, still going strong, still making records, still selling tickets to the shows. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of different factors that contribute to that, but the biggest being the fans and the support of the fans, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's real. It's like without their support, we couldn't do it. And thankfully the fans of this kind of music, they're lifelong fans, you know, so it's a great audience to have. Are oh, indeed. You're not wrong. And and look, given that this is your ninth album, do you think that this is your definitive statement so far? Do you think this is the most well-rounded of your nine releases to date? I don't know. I feel like every album kind of represents a different, a different frame of mind, a different period of time. Um, it's just a snapshot of where I am and who I am in that moment as an artist. So <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I obviously am very proud of it. Hmm. I think every song on the record is great. I think every performance on the record is great. Otherwise I wouldn't have, have put it out. So I'm certainly proud of it and I'm certainly uh, excited for people to hear it. Um, but you know, is it my favorite? Is it my best? I mean, all that subjective, you know, hmm. and uh, everybody will have their own opinion. Hmm. I'll tell you what it does feel like as though you've captured on this album. And that's the live energy of your performance and indeed the band that's around you. And I know it's a studio album, but it's got a real quality live vibe about it. So was the album recorded live or was it recorded using the more traditional method of layering the instruments? You know, the drums go first, then the bass, oh, then no. the guitar, etc. Yeah. No, I'm not a fan of that at all. Like we, uh, All my records have been done <clears throat> with human beings playing in the room together. You know, all of us setting up in a room tracking together. We, nice. we always strive to do the least amount of overdubs possible. And, uh, and just to try and get it as much of the live performance as we can. So, um, you know, the things that were added after the fact are like the horn parts. Yes. Um, okay. They weren't there when we tracked. So the horns were added after the fact, we'll obviously go back and re-sing things here and there. I might go back and play another solo. If I think I can beat the original solo, um, but we really uh, try hard to do the least amount of overdubs and uh, and editing and all that stuff as possible because, I mean, the essence of my band and what we do is the live performance, and we want that to come across on the records. 
Well, you nailed it, mate, with this one. You really nailed it. I mean, you've always been known for this one, but this one here, man. And I'll tell you what, I said this a lot on my podcast series, but I can always tell the quality of recording, regardless of the type of music it is, because, you know, those awful iPhone speakers that tend to make everything very trebly or very midi, mate, yours sounds broad. It sounds like a big band is playing in a room even over iPhone speakers, mate. That's, That's quite an accomplishment. Thank you. Yeah, well, you know, we're very aware um, sonically of everything that we do, and there's thought put into every step of the process, and I try and, you know, work with people that I think are the best at what they do when it comes to getting the right sounds in the studio, mixing the record, and mastering it. So, Mm. you know, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, It's obviously important to me as an artist, and, uh, you know, kind of affirms and you know uh that that i'm working with the right people yeah yeah indeed indeed talk about working with the right people i was short of a bio in so far as listing the the uh the technical details of who you worked with so can you tell me that the producer you worked with and indeed the studios that you worked in on this album yeah so the studio is uh, a place called neptune valley studios in los angeles it's actually up in beverly hills and um the producer or co-producer, I guess, in this case, because we kind of did the whole thing together. Same guy from the last record, um, the Laid On Down album, Marshall Altman. And, okay. uh, you know, we had a great experience together on the last record. That was the first time he and I worked together, making an album together, and uh, just really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I got a lot of respect for his talents. I think he has a respect for mine. And we, uh, we kind of balance each other out uh, as a team. So it works really well. And, uh, you know, we went in there. He's, he, like, gets in the middle of the room. Like, he's in the room with us while we're tracking, as if he's, like, a member of the band as well, oh, where yeah. most producers usually wind up behind the board in the control room, you know, separate from the band. But he's really, you know, rolls the sleeves up and gets down and dirty and, you know, in the midst with everybody. So uh, yeah. I really respect that kind of work ethic, you know. And so, yeah, we decided to do it again. It sounds like it all went smoothly, but were there any challenges for you when you're in the studio? Like, oh, you did uh, a favored guitar of yours, you know, the neck break or something ridiculous like that, or, or was it all fairly smooth sailing? No, I mean, you know, there's a couple of challenges, like getting certain sounds, getting things to sound right, getting the instrument set up in the room in the right spot, you know, so we're getting mm. the sounds that we want. Uh, learning the the characteristics of the room since we had never I recorded some some stuff there for a previous record it was a long time ago but never done a full album there so you know it was a learning curve with some of that stuff once we got it dialed the first three days were kind of there was some bumps in the road after that hmm. uh, it was pretty smooth sailing after that we got everything dialed in uh, the band locked into a groove and uh, we started knocking things out. Fair enough. And mate, here's a question I've always wanted to ask you, actually, because I think your, your tone is a thing of beauty. You've got what Clapton and what Albert King and so many of the other blues greats have got, where once you hear you for about, I reckon it's about 10 to 15 seconds of your soloing, you know it's you. And I want to know, mate, is that tone, obviously you're a very gifted guitarist, that goes without saying, but does that tone, is that from specific finger placement like are you just so focused on the way in which you've got your fingers placed on the neck of the guitar to round out the note or is it something else entirely different like finding gear that complements the sound you're trying to achieve well that's like the that's the age-old debate amongst guitar (laughs) players is like you know that that's that's a million dollar question everybody wants to fight about it Hmm. is is tone in the hands or in the equipment and it uh 
I think the more, I think you have to get a little more specific, like when asking that question, like what, what exactly are the characteristics that you're referring to when you talk about tone, you know? So like the, I say the identifiable nature of one's sound, like Albert King or Eric Clapton or BB King or any of those guys that you can hear them play a few notes and you know, that's them Mm. to me, that, that is tone that falls under the category of personality and playing. And that comes from the human being without a doubt. Like there's no other source for that. That's from your heart, your soul, your hands, the way you attack the instrument, the way you place the notes physically with your hands. And it's the energy you're coming, that's coming out of you. The sound, uh, the sound of it, then there's the sound aspect of tone. And then that is, you know, the things that are going to contribute to the sound of that are going to be things like your amplifiers, your guitars, your effects. Mm -hmm. So if you're referring to the identifiable character of tone, then that comes from the the person and and their hands and their style of playing. You know, if you want to talk about a certain sound like ACDC and their big bar chords where you can hear that within, you know, uh, that's oh that's a like a three second thing <laughs> you know, you yeah, know what I mean? yeah yeah i do yeah it's interesting this conversation because to such an accomplished guitarist like you i was uh talking to you about it i mean is that years ago i was in sydney and i uh was talking to a fella in a guitar shop there and he said keith richards i mean who knows whether this story is true or not but he said that keith richards walked into the store when the stones are on tour and he just he just wanted to play a few of the guitars off, off the wall and he said within about five minutes, he actually sounded like Keith Richards. And that was just with stock gear off the shelf that they were selling to mum and dads and the regular sort of people that come into guitar shops. So I think there's a lot of merit in what you're saying there. I also think there's an indefinable characteristic, which is that you're actually doing, you're one of the few people on this world that's actually doing exactly what you've been put in this world to do, which is play guitar. And I think that if people are lucky enough, whether they're doctors, nurses or nurses or even guitarists, if you're lucky enough to be able to do what you've been put in this planet to do, you do it better than almost anybody else. And I think that's a position you're in. Well, yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. I I have been, I think there's a lot of people that would, you know, obviously die to have the opportunity that, that I've been given. And so I real, I consider myself really, really fortunate to be able to do what I love to do and also feel like that's what I'm meant to do. Mm. Um, But it does, it kind of gives me, you know, because I do it and I make records and I tour and I play on stage so much. And I, you know, it's like that I'm able to refine my yeah. craft more and more as the years go by, you know, and develop it more. And so, you know, all that stuff contributes to helping. I mean, you take your influences, I mean, of which mine are many and, uh, and you can hear my influences in my playing, just like my heroes before me. Uh, like when I listen to early BB King stuff, you can hear all the T-Bone Walker influence in what he played. Uh, Stevie Ray with Albert King, uh, Jimi Hendrix with Buddy Guy, and so forth and so on. So you can hear those influences in my playing, but it's like you take what you've learned from those people and then through over the course of years of you know trying things and trying to figure out how to make it your own, hopefully you can end up stumbling upon, you know, an identifiable sound. And uh, I think, you know, that comes with a lot of practice and, and, you know, just doing it. 
Yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. Perfect practice makes perfect at the end of the day. And uh, hey, here's a, here's a different mm-hmm. question for you, okay? So um, obviously you're talking to me and I'm in Australia, mate, but have you had a lot of, lot of correspondence with Australians over the years? Like, are you aware of a big fan base that you've got down here? Well, so we just came there, I think it was last year. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those places where so many, you know, it takes, it's kind of, it takes a long time to get there from just about anywhere. You live over here. And so yeah. I think that's a problem, you know, for a lot of people. And so that's why you see there's so much time in between tours there. Uh, band, you know, like we hadn't been there. I think it was like six years prior, but I love Australia. Like some of my fondest early tour memories are from like the very first trips over to Australia. Mm. Um, so much so, you know, I even got a tattoo when I was over there on my, <laughs> like my first trip, but, cool. but I ended up, my wife is Australian. I married an Australian. Oh, there you go. And, well, yeah. uh, yeah. and her family, you know, she has, I mean, different sides of uh, both sides of her family. Uh, there's many members of her family that still live over there. So, you know, I, I love coming to the country and the last time we, we were there, which was, I think last year, maybe the year before, but I think it was last year. Um, I, I, you know, my goal is to come back on a regular basis because so many people really don't cause they, you know, it's just complicated, but it, to me, it means a lot. Like I want to build, well, whatever fan base we have there, uh, which I think is, is pretty significant. Yeah, I want to build yeah. on that. And you can only do that by, continuing to come back and establishing that relationship with the fans and giving them what they want, which is, you know, playing the music for them. Mm. So it's my goal for us to come back way more frequently um, than we have been and probably more frequently than most bands do. It's sweet. Well, you're welcome to do it, mate. As I said, there's a lot of fans down here. A lot of uh, One thing that I've noticed about you, mate, you've got a very big fan base. And I don't know whether you've noticed it, but amongst metalheads, people who love heavy metal, you tend to be the blues guy that a lot of the metal fans go to. Have you noticed that at some of your gigs? Well, I've noticed, yeah. I mean, around the world, like, we'll see different... I mean, you see, like, uh, a lot of guys that you can tell... Uh, are into you know heavier music and stuff like that that come out to our shows but our shows i mean our my music has always had elements of rock and hard rock and mm, uh, you definitely. know it's had a little more of an aggressive nature than some of the other blues guys out there so i mean it kind of made sense the connection you know for me it has indeed yeah i think that might be it i think that might my, my time might be up now is that right sounds about right um Given that it's almost yeah, quarter I think so, yeah. yeah. I better let you go, mate. But look, yeah, had... sorry, he's got another one coming in in a couple of minutes. Thank you. No worries. All right. Well, uh, Kenny, you're an extraordinary artist. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And uh, when you come down to Australia next, I'll do what I can. I've got two kids these days, mate. I'm sure you can empathise. So it's hard to get out, but I'll do what I can <laughs> to be at the show. Yeah. Okay, man. Thanks. Nice talking with you. Likewise, mate. No worries. Catch ya. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and my name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was blues guitarist Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Thank you so much for listening.